And in this episode, we sit down with the owners of Moonlight Makers. Before we get into the episode, let's hear a soundbite. That's where the name Moonlight Makers comes from, because a lot of people have that question, you know, what does this name mean? And um, I remember Claire and I trying to come up with the name. I mean, it was like a hundred texts a day. And every time we saw each other, we would say something different, you know, just throwing those names out there. And I'm sure yeah, you, you misery. Yeah, any like anything. And then we're like, no, no, no. Um, and then we were thinking of, you know, all of the people that we were trying to sell their goods and their art. They were all people who couldn't go out and do it themselves because they had full-time jobs or they had little kids or whatever it was. They were making everything at night. And so we realized, you know, they were moonlighting as makers. They were, you know, their, their full-time jobs were keeping them occupied, but they just had this like innate need to create this beautiful, you know, whatever it was. Welcome back to another episode of Making It in Asheville, a podcast where you get to hear the stories behind some of your favorite artists and businesses here in town. Each episode, we interview a different local Ashevillian to uncover how they're making it in Asheville and provide you with actionable insights from each conversation. And we're your hosts. That was Sarah and I am Tony. We are a husband and wife team that moved to Asheville in May of 2019. Since then, we set out to answer a single question. That question is, how does one make it in Asheville? We have shared all of our findings uh, and recorded all of the conversations with this podcast. Before we get into it, we just want to take a moment to share a little bit about our sponsor, Range Urgent Care. They are a local walk-in clinic here in town, founded by a husband and wife team based in Asheville. And they are doing a lot of things so different than any other urgent care we've heard of uh, in Asheville or in the country, maybe. Uh, and the idea is very transparent pricing uh, and a subscription model, which I find really compelling, that allows you to have X amount of visits over a course of a year based on the tier of the subscription and you're paying way, way, way less than you would pay if you just walked into an ER or if you walked in for traditional care. And that to me means a lot. We are entrepreneurs. We are really trying to be uh, conscious of the money that we spend. And so while he healthcare is certainly something that we need, uh, this provides us an opportunity to uh, just be very strategic about it. And so when we got to partner with Range, we came up with a uh, special offer just for the Making It in Asheville podcast. If you're interested in seeing that offer, visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range uh, or visit Range and sign up for a subscription and use Making It in Asheville as your coupon code and you will see a lovely discount uh, because you listen to this podcast. So let's get into it. Uh, in this episode, we interview the founders of Moonlight Makers. You're probably familiar with their shop downtown on the corner of Rankin and Walnut, mm, I believe. Yes. Uh, they have the cutest, cutest t-shirts and dish towels and mugs with so many great puns on them and little cute sayings. Oh my goodness. And I remember the first time that we walked into the shop, Tony and I were like, okay, this we like could spend hours here just looking at this everything. This is my happy place. Yeah. <laughs> 
These are my people. <laughs> so in this episode, we get to talk with both Nicole and Claire. They are two lovely women here in Asheville. They started Moonlight Makers originally as a way to sell local artists' art. And mm. since then, it's evolved into a whole nother business. And so we're going to talk all about their story, which is a really long and interesting one, uh, and shed some light a little bit on the way they went about doing business, I would say, in a pretty untraditional way. For sure. And there are so many amazing parts of their story that stand out. The couple that uh, immediately fill my mind are their sense of let's see, right? Like they, rather than uh, making assumptions or saying it won't work, they they tested things. They said, let's see. Um, and so there was this uh, curiosity and this artistic, creative uh, energy and, and a very practical and pragmatic, like, all right, well, th these things are working better. Maybe we do this more. Um, and it's that type of a, an approach, which I and we thoroughly believe in. It's uh, test by trying to sell things and test by making and going out there in like the real world and trying to sell. And they have done that exceptionally well. And the story is so cool. And they are the best. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, you get to see some really great rooms. And if you follow us on Instagram, uh, the behind the scenes on where they actually were for the, for the episode is really cute. Uh, spoiler alert. One of our guests was in a bathroom. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into it. Cool. Episode 52 with Nicole and Claire of Moonlight Makers. Please enjoy. Please take a moment, introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about uh, Moonlight Makers. Um, so I'm Claire. And I'm Nicole. And we are the co-founders of Moonlight Makers. Uh, I think that we are best known in Asheville for the t-shirt shop that we have on Rankin Avenue. Uh, there's a lot more going on behind the doors. Uh, and we're excited to share that with you. Amazing. And so we, uh, I, I want to say it was the very first time we visited, we, we stepped into Moonlight Makers and I felt so truly at home. I am, uh, it's a gift and a curse. There has never been a pun that I've seen that I haven't taken the opportunity to say out loud and then like, you know, ask if everyone got it, <laughs> which is good comedy, right? When you ask, did you get it? Uh, that's typically a sign of a good joke. And so uh, I absolutely love your shop, which is to me so much more than a t-shirt shop. It's like, um, I don't know, it's my, it's my home. It's, I, I feel like whoever owns this is my people. It's like a little museum of puns. <laughs> like I just could go in there. I just like to go in there and just read everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fantastic. We, yeah. we love it. And we know so many people in the community love it as well. Um, but let's, let's go back a little bit. Like, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. How did you guys meet each other and how did Moonlight Makers get its start? That's a loaded question. Yeah. I we're, know. So I, I, I can't imagine the answer is, well, we thought we were going to make a pun t-shirt company that's going to take <laughs> no. over the world. Definitely oh, not. Um. No. So Claire moved in next door to me in 2015 
And um, I had two little girls at the time, and she was pregnant with her second um, child. And um, we just started hanging out together and talking about our lives and getting to know each other. And um, the kids would play together. You know, she had an older little girl, the same ages as my daughters, and they would just get together. And Claire and I would, you know, just talk about things we wanted to do in our lives and things we had done. And, um, and I asked her if she wanted, or we kind of decided, should we start a business together with all this time that we have just kind of sitting here together. And we were coming up with all these different ideas. And I remember at one point, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom and Claire was managing um, social media accounts for businesses all over the world. And, and I said, well, you could, you know, you could sell my art, the art that I've been working on. And she was like, no, 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 that doesn't sound that fun. (laughs) (laughs) What, what were you working on? What kind of art were you doing? Um, I have always, so I was an art teacher. And so I've kind of always done different things. Um, I traveled with a band snake oil medicine show for a long time, being a stage painter for them. And selling paintings off the stage and um, selling their t-shirts and their merchandise and things for them. Um, And so at at currently, I think at that time, Claire, wasn't I doing like some wooden earrings and wooden jewelry? Yeah. Necklaces and also uh, wall prints. Yeah. She, she wasn't interested though. So (laughs) So, it's a hard no from me. (laughs) (laughs) So then then Claire, what, what, what did you have in mind? Cause you were like, okay, no. So we discussed a lot of business <laughs> ideas. We were like, literally, we're spending 100 hours a week together. Like, we could take over the world. What should we do? And we saw, we discussed things like uh, making school lunches for schools that don't provide them. Hmm. But then we realized that we it was like food and safety and health. And we'd have to get up at 3 a.m. probably to start making the lunches, which wasn't too exciting for us. Uh, and we were going to make like a utility belt toy for kids. Anyway. After literally probably five months of knowing each other and discussing business ideas, we kind of combined everything that we knew together. I had built websites and uh, been in sales and um, Nicole was creative and new artist. So we decided to create an Asheville Etsy. And that's what Moonlight Makers was. Nicole knew so many creative people in the community and she reached out to like 55 of them and said, we would love to, uh, you know, take your work and sell it for you. So we built a website. We decided like literally February 2nd to do it. And I think six weeks later, we launched the website with everyone's <laughs> products on. Everyone yeah. came and dropped them off in my basement. We turned it into a warehouse. It's amazing. We pulled an all-nighter the night before we launched the website. And uh, it went live. Amazing. So Geeky Me, what, what website uh, platform did you use? We actually used Squarespace for the mm. first time. And yeah. that's pretty early for a Squarespace uh, e-commerce experience. So hats off. That's interesting. Yes. I had only worked on WordPress before and uh, was excited to use something that was a lot more uh, intuitive. Just a lot intuitive. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you launched this Asheville that, Etsy site, but that's yeah. not what you could do now. And- <laughs> That's a sprint too. So like, I'm, I'm amazed by all of it. Uh, idea to execution. Uh, we see this opportunity. You went niche down from a thing that's already working. These are all good strategic concepts. And you, and you launch a site to fanfare, to crickets. What happens next? <laughs> crickets. 
Yeah, crickets, basically. Well, we did have one sale. It was super exciting. Mom. Claire's mother-in-law bought her a scarf. <laughs> How did you know? Always. It's it's always. The first sale is always mom or yeah, somebody mom like mom. For me. <laughs> yeah, for her, which was even, even funnier. Yeah, we didn't even have to ship it. It was just like, okay, Claire, put it on, you know. So that was pretty My favorite. Fun. Um, but I just want to say real quick, that's where the name Moonlight Makers comes from, because a lot of people have that question, you know, what does this name mean? And um, I remember Claire and I trying to come up with the name. I mean, it was like 100 texts a day. And every time we saw each other, we would say something different, you know, just throwing those names yeah. out there. And I'm sure yeah, you, you misery. Yeah, any like anything. And then we're like, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Um, and then we were thinking of, you know, all of the people that we were trying to sell their goods and their art, they were all people who couldn't go out and do it themselves because they had full-time jobs or they had little kids or whatever it was. They were making everything at night. Yeah. And so we realized, you know, they were moonlighting as makers. They were, you know, their, their full-time jobs were keeping yeah. them occupied, <laughs> but they just had this like innate need to create this beautiful you know, whatever it was from like leather wallets to, you know, wall hangings or stained glass pieces or whatever. I mean, it was like a wide array, you know, of different things. Uh, I love that. I, the, the name says that it like, it spoke that to me. Mm -hmm. it, it seemed like there was a single cohesive brand when we experienced it. Um, but I got the idea of like moonlighters who are makers, mm -hmm. how interesting it seems like you know, in 2018, when we saw it for the first time, you were past the moonlighting phase personally. Yeah. Uh, but I would love, yeah. so, so, uh, crickets, how do you get past the crickets? What do you do? Cause some people might just say, well, that's it. We're done. Uh, no mm -hmm. one came. Yeah. Also like, did you, did you have like a business plan or some sort of here's our launch strategy? No, you were no. just winging it. You no. were like, we're doing that. We, we, we get it. Yeah. Love it. it was more of a um, fun project. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a, hey, let's make some money off this. Yeah. This was more like a, we have this spare time. We want to help people. Let's do this and see what we can do. But four days after the website launched, <laughs> um, Nicole said to me, I think that we should buy a vintage camper, turn awesome. it into a mobile store. And take it to festivals. And I was like, no, 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 no. The whole idea behind this was that we didn't have to leave our houses. I have yeah. a, you know, a few month old and a three year old. I, I can't go anywhere. Um, but as with all things that have happened in Moonlight Makers, Nicole says this big idea. I say no, and then a few days later, I'm saying yes. Yeah. What do you she's really easy to convince I like I just have to say that she's not just like no 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 I mean she'll say no but I know if I really believe in it yeah I mean I can convince her very easily she'll say yeah yes. I mean yeah, how do you yeah. deal with like disagreements I mean it seems like you guys are both just so laid back like how do you convince the other person like no I'm right in this or this is the way to go when you disagree I don't, it's, it's strange. I think we just respect each other's opinions so mm -hmm. much that like if Claire says she really doesn't think something's a good idea and she says the reason I'll be like, yeah, she's right. Or if I think the thing is just the next greatest thing ever, she'll go, okay, let's try it. You know, like we, it's like, there's never, it's never really 
come to that where it's like, no, yes, no, yeah. I mean, sure, not at all. Sure. I, I was going to say, I can't think of a single yeah. thing no, actually no. disagreed. And, no. and one of the things that I, I've heard and seem to be true is that there's a certain, there's a certain type of disagreement where it's really just, uh, if the person's even asking the types of questions that they're asking, it's, it's pretty much a yes. They're just also looking for more color yeah. and have we thought about this thing? <laughs> and, uh -huh. but it's not, it's not actually, no, it's, it's, if someone's invested enough to attempt to poke holes, that's typically like a good sign. If it's completely dismissed, uh, that to me is, that's the clearer version of a no. Does that, I mean, is that kind of what you see yeah. internally as well? Where it's like, yeah. but how are we going to afford it? Or where would we even find one? Is not, no, that's, that's something yeah. else. Right. Exactly. That's brainstorming. Yeah. 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 And we do lots of brainstorming. And a lot of times it is me going to Claire saying, what about this? You know, and if, and depending on her response, if she's not immediately excited about it at all, I'm like, okay, I'm dropping that one. Like, that's yeah. not, I just kind of throw we have a mentor that talks about throwing, what does he say, Claire? To like throw or stuff out of the wall and see what sticks. sticks. See what Pasta. sticks. And that's, I do that a lot to Claire. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you think of this? And she's like, Nicole. And I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like numbers, numbers, you know, I'm still yes. doing our yeah. bookkeeping and our payroll and doing all the things and the accounts. And so when Nicole throws an idea, I'm like, whoa, I let me run some numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah, it's that. it's just been fun. Yeah. So my my uh, my irrational uh, artistic brain says vintage camper, yes, yes, and yes. But you know, financially, how did we actually get a yes? And where did you find a camper? And did it work? So we looked on Craigslist all over the country. We found one in Virginia that we were just about to go and get, and then Nicole said whose car is going to tow this camper? And we realized that we didn't really have one that worked. So then Nicole found a bus. Literally, like, across, we lived in houses next to each other. And across the street, there was a house up on a hill. And behind that house, there was a road that we didn't know was there. Like, you couldn't see it through the trees. That's where the bus was, literally just behind that house. And she was like, let's just go see it. I'm like, engine problems, gas, driving it parking it what are you talking about and she's like let's just go see it so we went and we took uh someone who knew a lot about engines <laughs> and he went she looks good and we were like okay and we bought it wow <laughs> that just seems yeah. like the luckiest story ever like you went from like a camp like a, you know this camper van that's like way out in the middle of nowhere to like behind your house there's the most perfect bus so weird so, do you still have the bus today we do yeah we still have it wow. we yeah, did we, every festival yeah okay yeah, so every festival so what did you do you bought the bus and what did it look like and then what did you like how, what did you do to it afterwards Okay, so the owner had taken out all of the seats and had like, I think it was three, was it three, Claire, like um, platform, beds. yeah, platforms for beds, and they were taking it like camping and stuff. And they had painted the outside of it a lime green, like with a paintbrush. So it was just this lime green, like hand painted 
you know, I mean, you wouldn't see it and go beautiful, you know, <laughs> but, but we saw it and we were like this. I actually, I remember looking at Claire's face there kind of wondering, is she liking this? Is she not liking it? And her face was kind of like, Oof. And I was like, this is great. it's only like six foot two in the middle so like it definitely prevented certain heights from being in there without like hunching down you know i mean it has its quirks for sure and it's in 1987 so that is also wow classic it's a classic um yeah so we you know we i had to put it on credit i had no money to start this up i had nothing you know like i said i was a stay-at-home mom there's no extra cash Claire had to scrape it together. It was kind of like that. And we, what did we spend, Claire? 5,000 total on renovations yeah, we spent and everything? Two and a half grand buying the bus and then two and a half grand doing it up. And actually, a thousand of that doing it up was we got it professionally sprayed on the outside, um, turquoise. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. got the lime green sludge. Yeah. Off. Took the lime <laughs> green and, and we hand painted the inside. And Claire's husband like put in, um, these vinyl plank floors that look like wood. We couldn't actually put wood in because it, you know, it kind of moves when you drive. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's mm-hmm. not a good idea. Um, so we did that. And then he built these countertops that would fold and Claire sewed like all these little curtains that would go in there. I mean, we like hand so touched cute. every single part of it. Wow. Wild. So I'm going to do a quick recap. We, we go from idea to website six weeks, four days later, you're like, we're going <laughs> to need a van and then you're like, or a camper. And then we're like, oh, can't do that. Let's get a bus. <laughs> bus to uh, total renovation. Maybe we're 10 to uh, in the teens weeks in from idea to execution. Any sales? <laughs> the one, no. the one, the, one. the mother. Mom for you. No yeah. shipping. So, so, so we're three months in, let's call it, uh, maybe a a hair longer and you have a bus and then the sales start flying in (laughs) actually. Oh, okay, cool. So, uh, so you're like, all right, there's a festival this weekend. Let's just cruise over. Yep. Yeah. Our first festival was in Biltmore village. Um, it was so fun. It was like getting away from our children for the first time maybe since we had become parents, <laughs> we were like, this is weird. I mean, they, yeah. came, they had to come and visit us in the day because we were, um, <laughs> you know, nursing, but uh, we had so much fun. We took a picture of our first customer and we uh, took the money that we made that day and bought into the next festival. And that's what we did that whole year. And then at, mm-hmm. at the end of every month, we would send the makers checks. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so, so that's question with the makers did you what was the agreement between them like did you actually buy their products and then resell them was it consignment was there how did they do, you know do shipping did you ship them for them or did they ship them how did that work their yes. products were on consignment to us okay. and then the customers paid for shipping got it was the plan mm-hmm. okay if and, we had been shipping them. Yeah, but you were you were shipping yourselves, which helped. Yeah, I mean you were selling mostly directly at that point. Were you st- were you getting any more sales online as you began to do the festivals? People, yes. People heard about Moonlight Makers yeah. and they were like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna buy now, but let me go back and check out the website and then yes. buy online. And we gave every single person the website. 
Awesome. Got it. Yeah. Okay. And then did you do any other marketing at that point where you, I don't know. There's a turquoise bus, see it, <laughs> and then you get it. That was that was mainly what we were doing, That's was amazing. just having the bus out there. You know, it was getting our name out there and people were meeting us and it was, it was great. It was really fun. And Asheville is so incredible for people who want to sell in person at events and festivals because there is one every weekend. <laughs> Wow. It's, yeah. What an incredible place to have started something yeah. like that. So yeah. how far would you travel on like a, you know, on a weekend where it was it like Black Mountain was the furthest or were you going into yeah. Tennessee and stuff? No, Leaf was the furthest. So Lake Eden was the furthest that we've still ever taken the bus. Wow. I just sort of assumed that you would have had to have been like on a road show to sell enough. No. Wow. Mm-hmm. How cool. Okay, so yeah. we're in we're in some sort of a system where it's it's working, you're handing out the flyers, you're taking pictures, you guys are being uh, amazing in-person salespeople. It's infectious. How can you not buy if you see this bus and you come in and you get, you know, uh, you get a taste of it. And so what happens next? Did we freeze? What, what happened? I can't, I can't, I just can't see Claire. Oh, you can't see Claire? Um, yeah. Oh, no. okay, so... The things that were selling the best were $20 and under. Got it. And so we had this issue where we were carting around, like literally in the back of a bus, all strapped down as much as possible, but some really nice hand-blown glass and some really fine hand-stitched leather wallets that were maybe like $75 um, that we just weren't moving. And we're like, okay, the tourist, you know, the tourists and the locals that were coming across really like handing over one note and they love handing over that 20. So we think that we need to focus on that. Uh, we had, you know, someone who made dish towels, someone who made t-shirts and they were flying and they were selling really well. Um, and then we kind of had an issue, you know, they didn't have, like, because they all had other jobs, they didn't really have time to replenish mm. the yeah. stock as fast as possible. So we started making some stuff ourselves. And uh, that's how our brand began. That makes a lot of sense. And so at what point, uh, as you start building your brand, do you maybe stop taking the show on the road or is that way out in the future? So, so I know. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Okay. So I'm, I'm it, this to us is Nicole. Okay. This to us is Claire. <laughs> And I'm, uh, Nicole, that one was for you. Um, so I don't know what you said. Now. So, um, no, no, sorry. And so at what point, okay. at what point were you, uh, did you stop taking the show on the road or is it still a part of your business? And at what point did your oh, yeah. home brand become big enough that you're like, all right, let's just make this Moonlight Makers. Sure. So yes, it is still part of our business and we see it as a really important part of our business um, because it is interacting with a lot of locals and interacting with the tourists and just being a part of this, I don't know, the festival scene in Asheville is so vibrant. So being a part of that is just like, it's our roots, you know, it's like where we started and we just, I don't know, we'll always have a, a feeling about that. I think that's something we always want to keep going. Um, I don't know if the bus will always be the same bus though. At some point it's going to be parked as like, um, in a museum, like somewhere. Um, 
<clears throat> hopefully not sooner than later. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, we so what happened with um, transitioning to our own brand was basically, um, you know, like Claire said, we couldn't replenish or they, you know, the makers couldn't give us their goods quickly enough for some, you know, for some people. And we understood why. And so we started realizing how precious the, you know, the bus is small yeah. and we would put things outside of it because we realized people coming in, only some people wanted to come inside. Most people wanted to just kind of walk by and see what was there, not make the commitment of going in. And so it was such a small area that we realized if something isn't selling, we really can't afford to keep it there because it's just not, you know, it's just taking up too much space with you when you have like a two foot by six foot space. I mean, like something this big is, is prime. So Claire with all of her sales background um, was smart about that. I would just be like, I guess this isn't working. You know, I mean, I don't even, I didn't even think to change things. Yeah. Um, but we started realizing, you know, um, $20 and a t-shirt is, is what's working. So let's try to make our first design. Yeah. Wow. So I, I mean, all of that speaks to me. I think that that is, uh, you know, I, I like to always use it's a, it's a business school education in reality. It's like, Oh, uh -huh. you need to watch what's moving and uh, wasted inventory is wasted space and you can't make that space up. And most people want to browse. Yeah. And so this is amazing that you're learning this on the fly. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that I, I'm thinking of is, and if you're only making $20 per person and you're paying an artist a wholesale cost once it mm -hmm. moves and all of you, like the revenue max is 20 bucks, wouldn't it make sense to try and capture more of that as profit? And how hard could it be to come up with a t-shirt design? I'm imagining as part of the thought. So what was the first Moonlight Maker t-shirt concept? Uh, and did it, is it still in the arsenal today? Absolutely. Um, so I had been, we were, we were, we, one of our life situations changed in 2015 during that first year. And we realized that we needed to start making some money ourselves because for the first, you know, you don't pay ourselves for so long, but, uh, one of us needed to start. And, um, we were sitting on the bus one day you know, trying to become, we were making stuff, you know, being the makers ourselves. And we realized that we were only really paying ourselves if we sold stuff that we had made ourselves. So Nicole had a line and I had a line. Um, and I had been hand painting every night, these wall prints <laughs> that were puns. Um, I love you for my head tomatoes was one that was later a t-shirt, but one of them just said, Oh, shiitake. Yeah. And Nicole said to me, you know, let's design a shirt um, I, re I saw a shirt that I really liked and it was just, it just said, let that S go. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, but she was like, I would never want to put that on a t-shirt though, because we have kids who are about to start reading and that's not a thing. And we said, what about shiitake? Let that shiitake go. And we were like, she was like, no way. I am not drawing a cartoon mushroom <laughs> doing yoga. And I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> No. And the tables have turned, it seems. Yep. That's so funny. Oh, Look at definitely. that. <laughs> yeah, and I remember we were at Organic Fest. It was the end of August. We were both sitting there on the bus, and we came up with that. She drew it. She vectorized it. She turned, We turned it into a screen. We had someone burning our screens for us um, at the time. And then our friend who knew about, who was a screen printer, taught us 
about screen printing and gave us the screen. We bought the ink and the squeegee off Amazon and we laid, we bought some t-shirts wholesale from a wholesale site, laid a t-shirt down on my kitchen granite, put the screen on the t-shirt, put ink on it. And then we just pushed the ink through the screen. Like he told us to, we pulled up the screen and we were like, Oh, we just need a t-shirt. And that's how screen printing in my kitchen for the next two years began. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. That's, uh, let that shiitake go. I know the exact shirt. That's amazing. And did you ever consider like outsourcing the screen printing? Like, why did you choose to do it yourself? Was it because it was, it was more cost efficient, um, or because you liked it? I don't know. There wasn't enough profit yeah. to sell a shirt for 20 yeah. Yeah. outsourcing it. We had, we did try it once with a design mm -hmm. crafty as the new pretty. And again, we couldn't pay ourselves. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I mean, there's gotta be a reason why most t-shirts on the internet are like, I don't know, 30 or $35 when they're being done by somebody who is not that person. Um, so that, that makes sense to me that keeping it in house, you know, the vertical integration, if you look to Elon Musk and SpaceX, right, there's a reason why he's able to make spaceships, uh, faster and cheaper than anybody else. It's because he took every single part of the process and brought it in inside. And so mm -hmm. the, it's a less call it complex business. Yeah. You're not making rocket ships, but you are <laughs> no. vertically integrating a business. <laughs> to, yeah. Very to, close. <laughs> vertically integrating a business to capture as much margin as possible. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. And so for two years, the two of you are physically printing every shirt that you sell. With no press and no dryer, which now I can't, um, it's hard to even say. But we I know. literally, so a lot of t-shirts were crooked because we didn't have a press. You know, normally you would have put the screen into a metal contraption and then the metal keeps it steady and you line everything up. We would just every single time with our eyes. Oh, that's about right. I think, I think that's right. And you can't pick it up once you're done because there's ink, you know, so that's, it's like you got one shot. Um, so every, so we started putting our designs online. Um, funnily enough, we put our designs on Etsy. <laughs> the real the, the other Etsy. yeah and um and amazon and our website and so we we launched those three online stores with our designs and we started getting a couple orders a day wow wow and we print to order after the kids went to sleep every so night you were Sometimes still still, still moonlight making yes we <laughs> were definitely sense. moonlight making yeah. and then we would also we kept all the inventory in clara's basement because you know we were taking the bus out on the weekends so we had some stock and then we would be like oh we have you know this festival this weekend we have to stock up so then we'd be like screen printing really hard for a few days to get ready for that and i mean we have kids running around it was a lot you know it was it, it was yeah. a lot it involved a lot of gates lots of kid, gates kid gates yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting the kids out i gated off my whole kitchen with one of those like five foot gates oh <laughs> goodness yeah and because we didn't have a dryer and we were using air dry ink, we had to lay down every single t-shirt on my kitchen floor and on my counters. Wow. Oh and my uh, then you had to wait till the next morning and we'd throw them in my clothes dryer for 30 minutes to cure the ink so that when people wash the t-shirts, the ink didn't come off. Wow. Yeah. So you guys, it's not only that you had the, like the issue of manpower, right? Of physically like screen printing these. <laughs> it's also like the time that you have to wait 
that I imagine yeah. was a huge bottleneck for you guys initially. Yeah. What did you do to go to the next level? Like, so you realize, okay, I imagine you started realizing this isn't sustainable. We can't have our t-shirts everywhere uh, on the kitchen floor. <laughs> what did you do yeah. next to take it to the next level? Yeah. So that was, I think for a while we were wondering how long can we keep this up or like, when are we going to have to hire someone? What are we going to do? You know, when, when is this going to change? And I think we waited until it got like uncomfortable, you know, like you kind of wait until it's like, this just doesn't feel right. I think, feel like it's great on one hand, but you know, we were tagging. This is also something we laugh about a lot. <laughs> we were selling a lot of dish towels. That's one of our, you know, biggest sellers still to this day. And we had, um, there was something called Etsy Wholesale back then. And <laughs> we had a couple stores that were wanting us to, you know, put the like tie twine on each dish towel. So we're tying this twine on every single dish towel we're selling And then instead of getting like a tag gun, you know, that you, you know, those little plastic things that have like the little tag, we didn't know about those. We thought they must be like something only special people got, yeah, (laughs) thousands of dollars or something. And so we were pinning like little safety pins with our, you know, our tag on there with like a little loop of string. I mean, we were tying the string, putting on this, like on all of these. And then once we realized later, a tag gun is like $11. We, we just couldn't believe, I mean, still now we're like, I cannot believe that for years we were tag, you know, we were like doing these little safety pins. Um, but anyway, so that, that's, you know, something hilarious, but we, I think, so what happened was, um, Quick I had a, happened. what'd you say? QuickBooks. QuickBooks happened. Oh, QuickBooks was part of it. Yeah. So Where they're like, Hey, Quick- you guys don't have a tag gun. What's going on? <laughs> No, no. So QuickBooks was filming these um, like little social media commercials, Mm -hmm. different, different places in America. And they went, they were like coming to Asheville. They wanted to have four businesses that they would feature. And so they called and I remember Claire saying, I got this call. What do you think? And I feel like I thought it was just spam sort of, I was like, yeah, whatever. But she talked to them and they, you know, narrowed it down and we ended up being one of the four people. You ready for my uh, QuickBooks pun? Yes. Yes. So she says QuickBooks (laughs) is on the phone and you're like, I'm into it. (gasps) Into it. That is so good. We'd have to finesse it, but there's something there, right? You're good. We all got it. So you are good. You guys can make some promotional uh, materials for QuickBooks. Huge, huge market opportunity. It's a weird year for taxes. I think that these would sell themselves. Just a small royalty. That's all we ask. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. So then QuickBooks comes to Asheville. They want four businesses. You're one of the four. And what does that yes. just like blow the the doors off all of a sudden there's national awareness? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Exactly. And, yeah. and so it was just for social media. Like what was it? A, was it a video segment? Was it what, what, so what happened? It was the August of 2016 that they came. I was pregnant with number three. It was a very, very, very hot day. And they had us, they filmed us for maybe seven hours. Like a crew oh of five gosh. came to my house, filmed in my kitchen, filmed us uh, screen printing, filmed us taking photographs at a, in our little photo set up in my basement. And then they got us to drive the bus 
down into the cul-de-sac at the end of our street and pretend we were setting up an event. And it's like 95 degrees and I am seven months pregnant. Just sweating. And these ads came out the day I had the baby. Oh, wow. So Nicole is is suddenly having to fulfill these orders that start coming in, going over to my house, I think, to do the screen printing while I was in the hospital for five days. It was like... Your hu- like Dom and I were doing it. Claire's yeah. husband and I were kind of like shifting things just to, you know, just do whatever we could. And yeah. I do remember that they were coming to Claire's house and we're thinking like, we're so small. I can't believe they picked us. They're coming to your house. I mean, they're coming to our neighborhood to film this. We don't even have a screen printing press. I mean, when we watch those videos now, it's so funny to see. I'm sure people are watching it and going, what are these ladies doing? And also, I don't think Claire... I don't think they mowed their lawn for like months. I mean, the grass was so high. They were like the, all of the filming of it. I was like, please, I hope they don't show this and that. Like we weren't, we were not polished, you know, yeah. we weren't prepared for that at that point, but how, it how ended up being amazing. great. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm wondering at that point, so the, the online ordering process, this is about a year and a half or two years into the business. Do you have, is it still on Squarespace? The website is working better. Like, are you, is it just the two of you managing the website? What, what is the, like, what's the evolution behind the scenes outside of now you're printing full time? Is the email list growing? Are you doing marketing things or is it just slow and steady? Continue, continue, continue. More kind of slow and steady, continue, yeah. continue, continue. They released five ads in the October, like one every morning, Monday to Friday. And there was this big surge and Nicole started getting recognized on the street. Whoa. Like, oh, gosh, yeah. that commercial. Like, I wasn't going outside at the time, so I never really had that apart from like at my OB office, where all the ladies were like, oh, "We saw you." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I run a small business on the side, and my QuickBooks just told me about you. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Wow, but that's amazing. So okay, yeah. Uh, and, and and then and... and then they released more in December. Ooh, oh, yeah. Like, it seems like a really so good time for people like, to to buy yeah. things. It was in great. It really was. And um, actually, it was, it was that December that uh, Nicole had a friend downtown on Rankin Ave who said, I have an empty space. Do you want to pop up for the for Christmas? Yeah, well, we kind of, I think we kind of approached them. We just knew they weren't using it, right? So they had, they were living in the back and they had this storefront that they were no longer using. And, and I, it was another one of my, uh, my times that I approached Claire and she's like, are, are you kidding me? I was like, I have a six week old baby and you yeah. want me to go every single day for five weeks <laughs> and sit in a shop with my baby. I don't think so. But what would that look like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. But it was like to that point where it was this amazing opportunity. We know that in-person sales were our thing. That's mm-hmm. where we were thriving. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we could just see, you know, it's, it, it's no um, commitment. We don't have to stay there. We don't have to sign a lease. We can just do it for a little while and see what happens. And so we did it. <laughs> I got her to do it. <laughs> I had such a good baby. My first two babies oh, wouldn't have been able to do it. But this baby just sat there and could <laughs> and all the customers. Never yeah. made a peep. And I got to hold him. Sales Maybe. magnet. Yeah, I was going to say, exactly. It's like, it's like a, you know, a, a guy that has a dog and then just attracts all these yeah. ladies. Like, you just put a baby there and people are like, ooh. Like, yeah. Oh, you, definitely. You want, you want to hold yeah. the baby? Just you need three shirts in your, in your cart. 
I know. My favorite thing was people would come in and they'd be looking around and then they would hear a sound and they'd be like, oh, you have a baby, you know. <laughs> There's a baby in here. He's so quiet. And is that the same location that you're in today? Okay, so yeah. I heard Rankin, so it was nearby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we popped up in there for December and it went so well that we ended up coming back. Claire, was it May? Yes, we closed it and we were like, oh, thank goodness. So January, February, March, we focused on our brand and building wholesale. And then, yeah, I think it was the end of April, something happened. And Nicole said they'd really like us to move back in sort of permanently mm. or for the summer. We were like, <gasps> okay, yeah. like, we can't do it unless we hire someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Because yeah. we were just so busy and our hands were so full with the kids. And, um, and then we ended up meeting the perfect person to work with us. And yeah, that we was... were at Earth Day, I think, at the salvage station yeah, at a bus right. event. And there was a girl there on a Tinder date with someone. And it didn't go super well. And so she came and hung out with us and gave us all fairy hair. And we were like, do you want to work for <laughs> Yeah, we were like, it was so interesting because we had been kind of like dreaming up who this person would be. And what would they be like and what would their background be and you know kind of what what kind of person could we even trust and then let into maybe our homes or we you know we just didn't know like what it would be and i just remember she was like she was real sparkly she has lots of glitter on you know and she has all this like fairy hair in her hair and she's walking around just so sweet and i was like that's that's got to be it like she she's like this beautiful fairy but she um, also had a background. She's also very smart. And she had a background in um, fashion and design. And she had worked and lived in New York City. And she had, like, everything perfect for the position, too. I, I'm, I'm catching, like, this little thread that seems to be continuing throughout the story where there's just a, a touch of serendipity, just a touch of yeah. you wouldn't believe. If it didn't happen, you wouldn't believe yeah. it uh, type stuff. And I'm wondering... Um, is there any, in hindsight, is there any reason that you might be able to assign to these little bits of serendipity showing up along the way? Gosh, that's a great question. I mean, I believe in manifesting things. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's happened so much in life. Like, if you want something to happen, like someone saw our QuickBooks commercials, this incredible businessman, oh my gosh, and yeah. came to us that January just after we'd shut the pop-up and said, I would love to mentor you. We were like, what is this happening? And he's still our mentor to this day. And we, not, like a lot of the things that have happened in the last three years since we met him wouldn't have happened without him. Wow. A lot. Yeah. And I, I believe in that too. And I also think that Claire and I always say that um, we say yes to everything. That's also something like we're open to things happening. We don't have this set plan where, <clears throat> we're just like, this is what's going to happen after this year. And then we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And it's not all about the money and it's not all about the profit. It's more about the experience, the journey, the enjoyment of it. If we're not enjoying it, we don't do it. And it's even if we will make 10 times more money doing that, we just say no, because we're like, you know what? It's not fun. Yeah. And um, I think all of that is, is part of it too. Yeah. What kind of opportunities have you said no to? Uh, outsourcing our printing to overseas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one that constantly comes up. That's like, um, you know, whenever we talk to people who are in business, they always suggest that. And, you know, we've 
we've thought about it. We're like, wow, yeah, the numbers would be great, but it's just not, it's just not who we are. It's not where we are. Feel good. It doesn't feel right. And for, for what it's worth as a consumer, as a shopper walking into your space, if there wasn't that corner that was a printing section, mm-hmm. I would have assumed that these are being made somewhere that's like, you know, mm-hmm. as a sort of a factory, just turning them out. And when I mm-hmm. can have that assumption in real time challenged mm-hmm. because, oh no, there's the, there's the press, like yeah. they must do it right here. And then a couple times later, I actually see people making products. I'm like, I, I, to me, that is a huge selling point as a consumer and, it, mm-hmm. you know, to, to drop the price or to increase margin by some maybe even sizable amount. I, I question how much that might affect for me, like my shopping experience, my, my perception of your own business. And so it does seem like a good, and who's to say if you won't build some version in the future that's outsourced and it's different, it's a different brand or, Mm -hmm. uh, live your life, build your business. But I think that's really interesting as a choice. I think that's a great choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the main things that we choose over outsourcing abroad is creating more jobs locally. Every Mm -hmm. time someone says, you know, you're out of, basically we're out of stock most of the time on one of our largest um, online stores. Uh, we do fulfillment by Amazon because we're part of Amazon Handmade. Mm-hmm. But actually Amazon Handmade started at the same time as us and we kind of joined them right away and we've, we've kind of grown up together and we know everyone who works there and um, they've been really sweet, but we do fulfillment by Amazon. So we ship like a thousand dish towels at a time to Charlotte to a mm-hmm. fulfillment center and then they ship them out for us. And they sell so well that we can't keep up with it. So everyone's like, outsource, outsource, outsource. And we're like, or we could hire two more people. Mm. And we do, yeah. we always do that instead. I love that. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what products you're going to make next? So like, you know, how do you decide when it's time to introduce a new pun or a new saying or a new type of product? Focus like, groups? Like Seems a... like focus groups would be <laughs> the answer. Really robust, yeah. quantitative Very analysis. organized. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's kind of evolved over the years, but mostly um, we have a running list <clears throat> of topics and ideas and puns and, you know, themes that is just a mile long and we just add to it all the time. And then when it feels like the right time, we start one, you know, we just, we just do a new one or, or um, a lot of times there'll be a custom screen we're working on or a custom design for someone. And then we need another design for the other side of the screen. Cause it, we can fit two designs on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so we're just like, okay, it's time to roll out a new one. And then we get to pick which one we feel like we want to see on a shirt. Yeah. I mean, most yeah. of the time it's just kind of like, what we feel creatively. We were so surprised at how much, and still to this day, uh, let that shiitake go was like number one and it couldn't be knocked down. Like we were never going to be as funny as we were that day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We were like, so let's feel that. Some other mushroom things. We were like, mushrooms, fungi, fungi to be with, go put that on the screen. And sometimes that's how quickly the designs will Oh yeah. yeah. We need to get the screen made for this other custom thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it can be like that. Like exactly. Love it. Yeah. What is, yeah. What's like the worst idea that you've ever put on a t-shirt or the worst seller, maybe not the worst idea, but like, uh, never, never moved. Like this was going to be a hit. <laughs> oh, what do you think? Claire, you would know. I'm going to say, um, 
I, I'm really upset about saying this, but I'm going to say all my friends eat sunshine. All my People friends don't eat buy it on a... sunshine. And it's so is this is this part of it's like flat. a British thing? It's like a you know like you guys have you guys say stuff different than us because I, I remember when we had coffee the first time. Yeah. Nicole was like, some of her puns are just like they're not puns, but, and then some are super great puns. But like, it sometimes she just says British things, and I'm like, that's not gonna work. <laughs> You know, yes. One, one example of that is um, we had an octopus that said free hugs and we were like, ew, we do not want a t-shirt that says free hugs <laughs> for an adult, just a baby. Yeah. But we wanted to make like an octopus for a thing and the octopus looked a little bit kind of crazy. So I said, what about what's cracking? Oh. And Nicole was like, that, what does that mean? I didn't know. I was like, hey guys, what's cracking? <laughs> but get it because like, it's a sea monster. I'm with you. That's a good... But no, 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 no. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't, you can't sell that in uh, the major, you know, cities. Okay, it's just interesting. It really well. Yeah. We did it, even though nobody else had heard of it. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, no one's gonna buy this. It sells. Yeah. Well, it's if you, if, if you do it with like the, you know, E N, right? Isn't it K R like E N crack N? It's possible, but yeah, in L A. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's blue you know you don't want to do that that's a that's a gang reference and it is not, yeah that's a hundred percent why that's not gonna sell Claire, that's why it's selling that's probably why it is selling yeah what's cracking what's popping i don't think that's why people i think it's funny like, there's just like gang members somewhere in la wearing yeah, your t-shirt but that was a, that's a whole thing Thanks like depending lot, depending on the salutation you're in a different uh you know i'm speaking outside of my death but that's definitely a crip uh, salutation what's cracking oh my gosh yeah, yeah anti gang we would like to just edit, edit, this, edit this out we did not make that shirt it, all, all yeah no i think i think that's uh that was a fun story thank you and well i, I have i have a question on thinking about so you mentioned it lightly and we kind of blew past it but the 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 evolution into wholesale and how wholesale might be different than amazon fulfilled by uh, fba right the fulfilled by amazon business um what is, how has wholesale become a part of your business? Is it a lion's share at this point? I can imagine it is. I can imagine all these like little whimsical boutiques in every city in the country needs your products. Um, so what, how, how has that channel evolved for you over the years? Yeah. So that started with Etsy wholesale and, um, I don't even think Claire and I knew really what wholesale was when we started this. So it wasn't like, we were like, we're going to do wholesale. We're going to do that. I mean, we're like, what does wholesale mean? Google, you know, like what, what are you, what pricing do you give to wholesale clients? We Googled it. I mean, we really had no idea. So we got on Etsy wholesale and we started selling on there and we realized it was half of the amount of retail, you know, so we were calculating all of that. And, um, and then Etsy wholesale ended up shutting down, which was pretty sad for us. Um, but we kept those clients on as wholesale, some of them as our wholesale um, clients and now we are in Claire 500 plus stores. Is that what it is? Uh, we just hit 450 this week. Wow. Okay, so right close to close to yeah. it. We were on track to be doing a lot more. Yeah, I um, can imagine. Yeah, yeah. timestamp for the people watching this in 2027. Uh, the year is 2020, <laughs> and we're in the middle of uh, the coronavirus April. Uh, and so that's I can imagine that uh, the world is looking a little bit different for you. The fact that you have uh, wholesale businesses that I imagine have e-commerce experiences mm -hmm. and Amazon 
uh, and how have you, or how has some of the history positioned you to be able to weather this? Are you weathering this in an okay way? Like what's, what's happening? Um, I think that we are in a better position than some because we started online and because every single bit of our energy for the first two and a bit years was focusing on building our online store. And then we went retail. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, we are weathering it. Okay. We, uh, unfortunately let go of our whole team, uh, four weeks ago and we Mm -hmm. closed our store and now we are just, uh, managing our Etsy store, our website, um, our Amazon merchant fulfilled store and our um, wholesale mm-hmm. like third party store. So we have these four online stores that have 2000 listings on each one. So we have these 8000 listings out there that we've been managing for the last <laughs> five years, wondering why do we have that's a lot of skews. 150 designs on nine different styles of shirt in five different sizes in 10 different colors. That's 150,000 skews. Um, And we've always wondered why we are doing this. And I think that this is why we did that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the lesson, I I thought that the lesson might be, and we need to tighten that up. But you're saying that diversification is a saving grace in some ways right now? Yeah, it is right now. But but right before this, we were talking about tightening it up. So that's what's kind of ironic about it is we were saying, okay, this is too much. Like we're at a point now where we don't need to be printing to order you know, all of these varieties, you know, cause we can't keep all of that in stock. It's, oh, no it's obviously so much. And so an order will come in and we don't sell it in the store so that we have to have the screen printer print that, you know, so there's a lots of, a lot of those one-off printing just in time. If you're being fancy, right. That, that would be the language just in time manufacturing. You get the order, you make it, yeah. ship it. Yeah. And okay. so we've been so we doing did. that. And so we've been, you know, it's always been, it's kind of slow and it, you know, it just takes a lot of time and it doesn't seem totally worth it a lot. You know, a lot of times when we have pressing many other things pressing at the same time, like what, what do we do? And so we were just talking about kind of weeding through all of that and, obviously now we're just grateful that we didn't take those listings off and that we have all of those SKUs available because it is keeping the lights on and the rent paid, you know? Wow. Yeah. Dang. Serendipitous. Yeah. That's uh, (laughs) another one of those uh, things. And, and, and what I, what I would love to do also is now ask questions about, the future and the future now more than ever is uncertain in a word. Um, but I'm wondering when you think about the future, what thoughts are you thinking? What are some of the next steps that you have in mind? Uh, what might 2020 have in store for moonlight makers? We have found it so incredibly difficult to plan just because of all the unknowns, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear, Oh, the, economy is going to open back up on Easter Sunday or May 1st and all the interesting things that are coming from the the government. Um, But we are not going to probably open the store as soon as we're allowed. Mm -hmm. We believe in protecting our staff and we don't want to, like our goal, our immediate goal is to get them back in as quickly as possible. Like these are 12 people that have become like family to us. You know, our original hire that from three years ago is still you know, our point person Mm -hmm. and we spend all day, every day together, like not seeing them like breaks our hearts and we'll do whatever we can to get them back in, but we would never put them in any danger. So I think our 
pivot from this pandemic is that we're going to be more online for 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That may, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, yeah. um, what, so what, when you think about, uh, let's call it doubling down on online, what, mm-hmm. what things might that involve? Is it, uh, thinking about email marketing in a new way? Is it thinking about digital advertising? Like what, what all falls into the, uh, leaning into website? Yeah, I think at this point, um, I don't know, Claire, what do you think? We haven't really discussed yeah, it yeah. that much. And I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just sure. Well, we have probably 30 new designs that we have just busted out that uh, need to be mocked up and put on all the websites. So it's like the more listings we have, the better we do. So really growing the choices online. Um, we've just designed a new line of six shirts where um, the profits will all be going to charity to help people you know, suffering at this time. We're really excited to um, get those new six designs live this week. Mm. Um, and we're just, you know, we're very aware of the fact that there are going to be some businesses that don't open back up at the end of this. And there are going to, you know, we're going to lose a lot of, you know, maybe some of our favorite restaurants around town. And, you know, Asheville might look different in a couple of months and that is so sad. Um, and we're basically going to do whatever we can to, you know, have jobs for our people to come back to. Yeah. So yes, if, you know, definitely growing our email list and, you know, it's so hard to send out an email saying this is new and buy this and discount. You don't want people like spending their money, if they've all been laid off as well. So it's actually a really difficult time to decide what's right to do because you don't want to be insensitive. And we just, we just want to keep the lights on, hire back our people when we can, and then just give away everything else to people who are losing so much. Yeah. Yeah. We've been struggling to know even, you know, what to put on social media, just even like a, a post because I don't, you know, I don't really want people to feel like they they don't want people to feel bad for us, so they should shop with us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to, like Claire saying, you know, buy a t-shirt if they if they really don't have a lot of money right now, you know? So it's this, it's like this delicate balance of just trying to keep it all afloat and mm-hmm. keep ourselves looking forward and being positive. And we're checking in with our staff and making sure that they're okay and they, they've been able to, you know, get unemployment or whatever, you know, whatever is keeping them afloat. And we've mm-hmm. told them if they need anything at all to contact us and we'll do our best to figure it out for them. But it's, it's definitely hard to be a business owner right now. I feel like it's, um, the hardest, you know, the, the time that it's been the hardest to ever own a business for sure. Scary. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we definitely have felt that and and heard that from a lot of different businesses in town. It's like finding that balance between being sensitive, but also trying to stay alive Mm -hmm. and support your own team so that makes sense but and and what are you like i know it's i know it's hard to think about five years from now 10 years from now even but what is like your dream for moonlight makers like where is it like opening another shop is it being in every uh gift shop in the u.s like what is the big goal if you were to to think about it today we kind of go where the wind blows, but if we were to, <laughs> like, we were just about to expand in our building and take another, you know, 1,500 square feet and get a giant press and expand 
there. And then we have been looking to open a second store in Asheville somewhere. And um, we do, we would like to be in as many stores in the country. You know, we have goals every year of how many new stores we'd like to be in. And, you know, being in a thousand, 2000 stores would be great being picked up by, you know, a large store, even like a mass general that has, you know, multiple locations would be, you know, like a dream for us. But really we're not building the business to sell it. We're not like once it's worth this much money, we're out. Mm -hmm. We are doing it. It's more of a, um, I guess they call it a lifestyle business. Mm -hmm. You know, we're running it because we love our community. We love meeting people. We love sitting in there all day and listening to people laugh at our shirts. And, um, we just kind of do what's right for the business kind of every year, you know? Yeah. That's that works. I think that's perfect. Um, one of the thoughts that came up for me on, uh, the idea of like the, the economy is going to open in on Easter Sunday and then it's going <laughs> to open April 15th and then it's going to open, um, is this, this story that I heard about, and this is a big, uh, you know, pivot from our current, like the theme so far, but is, uh, of prisoners of war and the ones who seem to have done the best as prisoners of war were, uh, focused on like two things. One is, uh, the immediate meaning like this second minute, hour, day, uh, and the harder it is, the closer you get to this second. And then the absolute furthest which is like the macro zoom all the way out in the grand scheme of life, like everything is generally mm-hmm. okay. Uh, and it's the ones who are like, we're going to get out by Christmas or we're going to get out, uh, you know, by the end of the month or like something's going to change drastically at some interval, uh, their spirits tend to have broken. Um, and so those two concepts are things that were uh, like, I'm keeping front and center in my mind is like, how mm-hmm. far can I zoom out in this whole thing? And how close can I zoom in? Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm trying not to let any uh, milestone that's created arbitrarily uh, by someone else kind of let my spirits yeah. rise and fall with that. Yeah, it seems like s- so much disappointment. You know, you get to that point and then you're disappointed again. And then it's another disappointment when it doesn't happen. And so that's why um, yeah, I think it was yesterday, Claire and I had a conversation. And I was like, I don't want to open when they say we can. Do you want to? And she was like, no. And I said, okay, good. Cause then I don't have to listen to the dates. I don't have to worry about all that. We can just kind of know that we're buckling down. We're going to tighten things up. We're going to ride it out until, until when we feel like it's right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because I don't know how many tourists will be coming into town. Could be some, could be none. You know, I don't know how many people would even be coming into our store, but I just don't feel comfortable with just, you know, just yeah. everyone being able to come in right now and that's, that's we're just going to ride it out. That makes, uh, that makes sense. And mm-hmm. uh, we are excited about this, uh, this week launching the six charity shirt style concept collab package thing. So please, uh, we'll, we'll make sure at the end of this, uh, episode that we have all the information, we'll list all of it on, in the emails that we send in the show notes and the, uh, tweets and Instagrams and all the fun things. 
Uh, and tweets. We're not even we on don't Twitter. Need, we do have a Twitter. We don't, we don't tweet, tweet often. That's right. It's just a good word. It's a it great is. word. You know, it's a catch-all for social Metaphorically. Things. The metaphor, <laughs> yeah. Figuratively. Um, and so we want to, uh, now that we have some laughter back, uh, we want to transition towards something of a speed round, which is like the final-ish segment of our episode today. Cool. Okay, so right, this cool. is this is meant to be pretty short and snappy, and so don't don't overthink it. Um, Nicole, what is your favorite taco flavor or combination? Oh, I guess I would have to say. I, I know it's lame, but I like Baja fish taco. <laughs> <laughs> Not lame at all, Claire. What about you? Um, I wish that you could see the only sticker I have on my computer. It says Billy Ocean. Oh yeah, that is her favorite. And it is um, it's a Taco Billy. Home, it's a Taco Billy breakfast taco with potatoes, no meat. Oh my goodness! <gasps> I dream about it every day. I, want I go there as much as I physically can. <laughs> wow. Your, we'll is let your, Hunter know. Is your Billy Ocean? Is it an image of Billy Ocean, or is it an image of a taco with Billy Ocean? They put a white round sticker on every taco that says oh, like yeah. Billy Holiday, Billy Joel. And yeah. I have a sticker on both doors in my car. <laughs> Gosh. And uh, so, one in my kitchen and one on my computer. So we, we, we had Hunter on and he, the, he, one of the many times in the episode where he uh, like cried a tiny bit was in telling the story of seeing the first Taco Billy sticker out in the wild. I don't know if he's ever seen anyone have like a product. (laughs) Actual white sticker with the words. I'm going to send him a picture. That is so good. Oh my goodness. Perfect. Um, uh, Assuming we are in a post, uh, you know, self-quarantine world, what are your favorite things to do in Asheville? Thing. Thing. What are your favorite? Singular. Only one thing. If you had to choose one thing. Nicole. Top of the heap. Nicole. Uh, my favorite thing to do is spend time with my family, mm. which I'm doing right now. But if we could go anywhere, we'd go on the parkway. Cool. Go on a hike. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Claire? Um, can my thing be two things that I do at the same time, like one after the other? Of course. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I really like to go to um, workout classes at Underground Fitness and then go to Antidote, sit on the roof and drink a gin and tonic. Oh, wow. Magical conversation. It's just my dream. It's my dream date. My husband and I do it. It's my dream sister date. My sister and I do it. I do it with our staff. I do it with my friends. (laughs) You name it. That's the sound bite. Uh, Just so you know, I do it with my friends. I do it with my sister. I do it with my my husband's date. Perfect. Um, And then we have a question that uh, sometimes catches people by surprise. But if we... Sarah and I, or uh, our audience at large, had a magic wand, and you had a single wish, and it doesn't need to be world peace, but what would that wish be today in this moment uh, with our magic wand? And we'll start with Claire. Goodness. Not business related? It doesn't have to be. No, you can say Billy Ocean breakfast taco. Don't, because I said it. (laughs) <laughs> but you could have said that her face she was like oh my gosh <laughs> you know my wish would be I have um this is what I was actually wishing for last night is like one of my kids is a big extrovert 
and she is struggling really hard not being able to hang out with her friends. And my wish would just be for her to be able to hang out with her friends again. Mm -hmm. yeah. It would just mean the world to her. Nicole, what yeah. about you? <clears throat> well, there are so many right now. <laughs> and world peace is definitely on, very high on the list. Um, but I guess, I mean, my wish would definitely be that um, to end all of this uh, suffering that's going on right now with everyone. I mean, it's just so in our face and it's so palpable palpable. <laughs> and um, it just feels like, you know, everyone I talk to, it's like everyone's having kind of a different suffering that's going on. But we're all having just this overwhelming sense of um, worry and stress. And I would like to just take that away from everyone. I love that answer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Because I was listening, and I do want that too. And I think that this shirt idea, <laughs> I think that this shirt idea could be the ticket. Can you see that? So for those of you who can't see, because this is also a podcast. World pizza. We world want pizza. world pizza. And it's two hands. That's good. And the pizza's whirling. World That's really good. pizza. Can we make this together and sell it on the internet and have a portion go to charity? That would be amazing. I'd be so happy. Oh, my God. Hey. Yes. world pizza i've never that's never happened in my brain and you Let's whirl it, it. With, when you're the pizza maker this is a thing oh my goodness. yes oh, would you like a job I'm we, we, we have a job yes. for you on our design team no yes. i'll do the copy because if you could see the hand that, that my attempt at hands it's they're like little nubs I, I will send you a picture of the initial prototype like of this t-shirt they are mm. paws the one is a hook <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a dog uh, either way <laughs> oh my goodness this is um thank you i don't know if this felt like empowering happy sad or otherwise but this was lovely for us it's great to get to know you more we support you we have uh be the unicorn you hope to see in the world what, uh, I, uh, my niece wears it every like Aww, all, all the time she has yeah. uh, multiple uh moonlight makers, makers products and it means it means a lot that we get to hang out with you today is there anything that we missed like when you were dreaming of what this conversation might entail did we absolutely somehow sidewind and miss an object objective for you no we didn't explain how we moved across the street oh but that's, that's not true. important that is true. We did. Oh, but it was a great story. We can tell it. Yeah. It is a good story. It's another serendipitous. Uh, it is situation. the most serendipitous yeah. of them all. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how did how you, did you move across from this? one? Ready? Ready? And this was in Ra on Rankin. <laughs> yeah. So you went from Rankin to Rankin. Big move. How did in that the snow. happen? In the snow. So um, they were about to start renovations on 25 Rankin. And we were, suddenly had this team of three or four people that we didn't want to let go and move everything back into my basement. And 25 <laughs> Rankin have... is where you were doing the pop-ups just to make... Yes. Got it, got it, got it. Got it. And our mentor, who we had met that January, said, let's find you another space downtown. We had started looking, nothing. He came around and he walked us around down the whole of Asheville. We got back to our store. He looks across the street and he's like, what about that place? 
And Nicole was like, no, that's, that's Parker Fister's photography studio. He's been there a decade. And John was like, let's just call him. We were like, no, we hid. oh my God. We totally hid. We were like, we yeah, behind the wall. <laughs> and he's like, I'm calling him. And he just dials the number. Hey, Parker, wondering if uh, there's any discussion we can have about maybe you wanting to get out of your lease. And Parker went, whoa, I mean, where are you outside? Was, they figured out that we were outside. He, Parker came and opened the door. We came in and walked around and he said, this is so weird, but I just had a realization that I should sell up and travel the world. And I get such a good feeling about you two. It's yours. Wow. Yeah. You guys have like yeah. magical, yeah. like, yeah. like, so I don't know. There's something and, fairies flying and, around and, here. And that's something. like, it makes sense to, to say that. One of the things that's coming up for me is, is there's been like a, let's just check. Like, let's mm -hmm. check. Yes. It seems yes. like a good strategy. Like, let's check mm -hmm. uh, Craigslist. Let's check to see mm -hmm. if this guy might be interested in, in selling. Let's check how much a tag gun costs. <laughs> well, like we should have checked earlier on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, all of those things are, mm -hmm. uh, they're, like... One of the one of my mentors has a it's these distinctions concept, and one of the distinctions is like trusting versus testing. Just test, or uh, the idea of like uh, want to versus uh, know how. And it's like if if you don't know how, that's not a problem. If you want to do it, and if you yeah. want to figure out how to uh, you know get a new place in downtown, like how do you do? It? I don't know. You maybe just call this guy Parker. Yeah. And see, let's check. I love that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it seems so simple. You know, it's yeah. not something that yeah. everyone would do because of like we were hiding, you know. Sure. We wouldn't <laughs> have done that. We would never have done that. No. But you know, my husband calls that concept rock star parking. He's like, you always go for like the rock star parking spot. You go up the front and see if there's a spot. You don't just automatically assume that you're not going to get it. So you go park really far away, like yeah. go check and see if it's there. And that's like, I feel like that's what we do a lot. I love that there's language for that in my world. Yeah. Now. Rock star parking. <laughs> that reminds me of that. Like, well, who's that magic guy? The episode about luck. Darren. Oh, Darren, we, we know. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, Darren Brown Darren is a, Brown. Uh, uh, one of your countrymen. Uh, who, who, who is a magician and uh, who's a magician and like illusionist? But he doesn't say that it's magic. He says that he just understands like the mind. And there's this whole thing about like if you think that you're lucky, you, your world changes because you're find you, you find opportunities to be lucky. And it's this in, it's this incredible. Uh, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. But there's this whole incredible story of like a butcher who is just decided that he is unlucky and they create all of these opportunities for him to be lucky and he doesn't seize a single wow. one because he's just uh assumed that things don't work out for him it's a, it's an mm -hmm. amazing segment great recall i like that yeah. um i visited that illusionist sitting in a perspex box hanging in the sky i don't understand what you just said <laughs> i don't either i he hung himself in a clear box in London with no food for a really, really, really long amount of time. And you could go and see him. And he didn't starve to death. I think it was like, I'm not going to starve to death because 
I have the power. Yeah. I think that was the point of it. Wow. wow. Claire, you don't want to do that, do you? That's not our next, that's Thinking not our five-year plan, is it? doing it this Christmas. <laughs> the, no. the publicity will pay for itself. I get it. Um, Pack square. That's true. Hanging up there. It's true. I have another serendipity moment that I've just realized has been so huge in shaping our business. What? We had a girl working for us who was part of the One Million Cups team. Mm-hmm. And she said, you should come to this five-year anniversary, maybe it was, a four-year? Mm-hmm. I think it was the four-year anniversary um, because there's a great food spread and great people. And we were like, ooh, breakfast food <laughs> and people. And uh, we went and this guy came up to me and said, Moonlight Makers, I want to talk to you. I want you to join our mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Let me come and talk to you. And it was um, Jeff Kaplan. Jeff or, Kaplan. And there you go. And we have been on the Elevate program with the Chamber of Commerce and Venture Asheville ever since. And meeting with them once a month has has changed our business. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. Wow. Jeff Kaplan. Yeah. We love Jeff him. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, enthusiasm yeah. and energy that is uh, yeah, mm-hmm. infectious and uh, unprecedented. I, I think that I show yeah. up with, with a little spunk. I've never I've never <laughs> been so outspunked. <laughs> by Jeff Kaplan. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All the time. That's He's, amazing. It's been really great. And so now we have this team of people who we meet with once a month and we have done for the last 18 months. Wow. Uh, we meet them at the chamber and um, we even had a, a Zoom yesterday, you know, with some other founders and, and Jeff. It's just great. That is, that's so awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. So I'm imagining like in a television show, your mentor is just some like, sort of like you never see his face like I, I you know what I mean like he's like always in a suit and he's always just leaving I'm like oh that was our no. mentor no <laughs> no that's not him you never see him from like the waist up like the adults in the Muppet you know I mean? <laughs> just see his shoes or something Muppet babies yeah. Um, yeah that's so funny um I this was wonderful thank one, you one last thing yeah. where oh. where can we find you on the internet or where can our audience find more information about you on the internet moonlightmakers.com spelled how it sounds people <laughs> yeah exactly and on instagram and all the things as moonlightmakers full words and no funny mm-hmm. underscores perfect exactly Nicole, Claire, thank you so much for coming on the show. We can't wait to when all of this is over and we can meet up again in person and like no. go behind the scenes and look at how you screen print and all of that. But until then, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Be, be on the lookout for my uh, email with the world pizza design. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it mocked up. I want to see it mocked up as quickly as possible. Send them. We can work on it this week. We're ready. <laughs> All right, you guys are the absolute best. And that was episode 52 with Nicole and Claire of Moonlight Makers. Oh my goodness gracious, what fun. I laughed, I cried. I, uh, we made puns. I, we made puns. There's a really good chance that we've created a pun t-shirt that will take over the world and do good. Uh, stay tuned for more on that. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to our email newsletter if you want to know more. But uh, in all seriousness, I absolutely, absolutely loved this episode. Um, they are two in- absolutely incredible people, and I, you know, we're all in on supporting them and helping them weather this storm and do good during it.
Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about things that we talked about in this episode, you want to learn more about Moonlight Makers and Nicole and Claire, you can visit our show notes page at makingitinashville.com forward slash 052. We have all the links and a ton more information on the page. Yep. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do let us know. The way to do that would be by following a link either on our website or on the podcast player that you're using to Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is the de facto place to leave podcast reviews, a quick five stars or even better words that explain why you enjoyed this episode or our podcast generally mean a lot because they help other people find the podcast. It helps this podcast show up in podcast players. And when that happens, the stories of our guests get told and it helps this community in ways that are hard to quantify, but mean a lot. So thank you in advance for taking a moment to, to leave a five-star review or a quick review on Apple Podcasts. We want to take a moment really quick again just to thank our sponsor, Range Urgent Care. They are a walk-in clinic based here in Asheville, founded by, founded by a husband and wife team here in Asheville. They offer incredible transparent pricing, mm-hmm. uh, low-cost subscription models where you can basically know exactly where you're going to pay before you go in. Um, all the services that you need from x-rays to virtual visits to standard checkup checkups, mm-hmm. uh, they have it all. Yeah, and and one of the things that really uh, we're kind of loving and we're seeing uh, really a lot of our friends use is the virtual uh, appointments. And so the idea is like you you can like speak with a medical professional over your computer or over your phone, uh, and if you are, are deemed in, like necessary that you come in, the cost of that virtual visit gets pushed to the real in person visit. And so. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, please do visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range uh, or use making it in Asheville as a coupon code on rangeurgentcare.com. Uh, yeah. And just again, that we do have a very special offer, offer for all of our listeners to find out more information about that. Just again, visit makingitinashville.com forward slash range. Um, that's it. Perfect. And the uh, other sponsor of the podcast, and we laugh because it's, uh, well, because it's funny to us, is our marketing and, uh, uh, I guess, sales messaging and consultancy that we call mark, uh, Making It Creative. Making It Creative works with a number of businesses here locally in Asheville and across the country. We do things that are uh, typically called marketing, but sometimes lean sales. And it has to do with assessing your business, assessing uh, your audience and, and identifying where the largest levers are. And those levers when pulled on appropriately should drive sales, should drive engagement, should build a deeper relationship with your customer. And all of those things are good things. And so if you're interested in le- learning more about making it creative, please visit makingitcreative.com. Don't forget that we do have some upcoming events here at Making It in Asheville. Every month at the end of the month, we have our Monday Maker Mixer. Right now, because we're in quarantine, uh, we will be having a virtual Monday Maker Mixer. Uh, You can visit makingitinashville.com forward slash events to register and learn more about that event. But then we also have other exciting workshops and events coming up. And I don't want to tell you too much about it, but... uh, 
check out the events page uh, and subscribe to our newsletter to be the first to hear about it. Yeah, the newsletter is going to be the best place to hear about all things that look like events, look like uh, the largest impact and best value things that we can come up with based on our skill sets, our experiences, uh, and what we're hearing that the community is most interested in seeing or learning or experiencing. Um, So for sure, the best place to participate and to uh, hear about those events is going to be on our email list. Sarah Darling, I did a little bit of research after our last episode and our first episode, Mm -hmm. episode one, the pilot, where I record you without you necessarily knowing that we had started the episode, uh, was published on April 24th of 2019. As of publish date of of this episode 52, that will be uh, April 20th of 2020. There are four days difference. We are a uh, my facial hair away from <laughs> one year of having a podcast. How yeah. crazy! Well, this is, this is our fifty second episode, mm-hmm. which means that we have been putting out an episode every week for an entire year. Yeah. So episodes two and three were batched, uh, and they came out. I want to say like May fourteenth or May some. Okay, some but, but no, no. But so we we have recorded and published every single week. Uh, except for the you know the week that we moved to Asheville, that's yeah. a, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, bananas. Yeah, so I I uh, I wanna I wanna I wanna congratulate you for helping me do a thing for an entire year. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> committed to a single project uh, for as long as we've committed to this, and I think that it's uh, it's been so worth it that it's it's hard to quantify. One of the things that I remembered us saying before we like before we did it before we started before we bought the website was like I think a year from now we'll have wanted to do this a year ago yeah for sure and so uh congratulations I know congratulations on one year I think this is uh huge so uh thank you listener thank you Sarah we did it. We made one year, 52 episodes, and there is just so much more to unpack about this great little mountain town, Asheville. There's so much more to explore and understand and highlight and uh, stories to tell and people to meet. And so uh, thank you for being here in year one, listener. Thank you for, for doing this, uh, being the heart and soul of this project, Sarah. And I'm looking forward to the next 52. How corny, but too real. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> hey, have have a great one. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Sarah, high five. High five.